this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm a henchman and I'm Evan. I'm also a henchman because every good podcast needs to have a couple of henchmen. I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we cover one season TV shows. We're currently covering NBC's yes. Powerless. Yeah, NBC's Powerless. But before we get into that, I have a bit. What's the bit? Oh, it's a good one. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. If I, you I could. Oh, oh, I was going to stall for you. But you got one right. No, ready to no go. I'm ready. Let's yeah. do it. If you could, if you could pick any supervillain to be your arch nemesis, who would you pick and why? Ooh. Do I have superpowers in this scenario? Well, yeah, presumably, presumably you're some sort of hero. Okay, because, like, obviously, if I have no superpowers, I'm going to pick a very shitty nemesis so that sure. they don't immediately kill me. Pick both, then. Pick pick one where if you have superpowers and pick one where it's just you and you have a nemesis. Mm, I think in both cases, my nemesis is the Hamburglar. Oh, it's because you got a tiny mouth. Yeah. I wasn't prepared for the Hamburglar. <laughs> That's very good. It's very good. Yeah. I also love that you, as superpowered Evan, your main concern is still the Hamburglar. Yeah. That's very good. Uh, I hate McDonald's, and I want to destroy one of their icons. Nice. Mm, mm. And he seems like an easy one. He seems, you know, destroyable. I feel like in the lore of McDonald's, though, taking out the hamburger would make business a lot better because they would have a, you know, they wouldn't be out so many burgers due to theft. We're not in the internal McDonald's lore. This is real life problems, Ryan. This is a branded branded icon uh, that they have, you know, a contract with. And also in this universe, he's a real person. A contract who... with the hamburger. <laughs> Are you sure you're not? He's a brand ambassador oh, no, I'm for not McDonald's. High, boy, this is tickling me. This is really tickling me. <laughs> this is tickling Ronnie's bones. Oh. His, his hamburger bones. Uh, speaking of tickling bones, um, I, in, in my uh, brain... Um, whenever I've thought of like a villain or an arch nemesis, um, I'm a very like not a fighty person. Um, so it's always been in kind of like a sexy way, like a, Oh, don't tie me up kind of thing. Um, (laughs) and so I think I'd go, I don't know anything about this character Andy. you're going to have to fill in the blanks here for me. Sure. I got Um, you. But uh, but Solomon Grundy, he just seems like a real solid, solid man. That I think he, there would he's be. He's very thick. He's a thick boy. He's dummy yeah. thick. He's um, full of sap. Is he really? Yeah, he's like a tree kind of zombie. I don't huh. know who this is. He's like a. He was a mobster who got murdered in the '30s, and uh, he got left in a swamp. Uh, and the swamp was like, hey. 
you're a thick boy. I'm going to fill you with magic sap. And now he's kind of like a big, dumb, like Frankenstein type man. Okay. It's yeah. like a swamp thing, but not, no, he's not. He's not I know swamp thing. thing is his own thing, but yeah. he's kind of like a blue skin, big, he's big gray. But yeah, he's, he's blue. He, maybe he's not very intelligent. He can re- basically no, just say dumb. his name. I think. Um, you're right. He's, he he's basically like he basically is a Pokemon. Um, yeah, but he's but he's a dummy fair. thick Pokemon uh, mm. with some big big mitts that uh, I don't know. Him and Green Arrow have kind of like a little rivalry back and forth going. At least they did back when I was reading DC. Sure. And um, he fights like Batman a lot and like the Justice League. Uh, whenever, whenever like uh, a smart but weak villain needs like a muscly henchman, Solomon Grundy can just like mm-hmm. show up. Mm-hmm. And in this in this version of my villainy where uh, it's just real sexy, I do need myself a muscly henchman. If, if, if he's going to mm, carry me off, ooh, carry me. Carry me, Solomon. And is that in both scenarios? When I have no powers, definitely Solomon Grundy. I don't want to be able to fight back. And um, <laughs> if, if, I, if I had powers, uh, I don't know, probably uh, the Tigra. As, okay. You know, I can, you know, really mix it up. Sure. How about you, Andy? This is tough. I probably should have been thinking of an answer mm-hmm. while, <laughs> uh, while you guys were going. I think if I had powers, I'd want it to be Scarecrow. Because I'm just like, I'm horny for some fear. Like, yeah, make Ooh. me afraid. Um, And with no powers, I want my, my supervillain arch rival uh, to be... Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, I, I think the Son of God is my is my arch nemesis. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that quite matches the prompt, but sure. Yeah. This is your he's sandbox. The, he's the supervillain that I want. He's got okay. superpowers. I mean, that's he does that's have power. Well documented. Yeah. Yeah. I think his identity as a supervillain is very debatable, depending on. You know who you ask. There's well, literally a a very popular DC comic called Lucifer, where he's the protagonist. So I haven't read it, but I'm assuming he fights Jesus. In <laughs> I mean, by this, I don't want to put you know anything out into ether that doesn't already have to be there. It sounds like you literally want to be the Antichrist. Um, just you know, those are your words, not mine. But I'll I'm take just it. I'm just saying, like if 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 Jesus is the anti to you then that would make i guess you know or the alternative when i was driving home from work today i passed a car uh which had like this real kind of like buff but kind of hipstery looking dude driving it and he had this custom decal that was very large on the side and it was uh it said strong men who need a hand ministries and it had a really jacked, just real swole, like big shoulders, big arms, Jesus carrying the cross with like the crown of thorns and like his diaper thing that he always wears, <laughs> but like flexing with the cross. And it was like, what the 
fuck sort of Bible study do you got going on, my dude? That's the most repressed uh, homoeroticism. It was I've wild. Ever. Like that's that's protein shakes and push-ups, man. Then we're gonna go read First uh, John. All right. I was cracking up. I was like, "What is what is your Bible study like?" That that is literally the the whole joke that is um, uh, Mac from Always Sunny. Yeah, like that. That's his, that's the whole joke. Strong men who need a hand, and it's yeah. Jesus carrying yeah. the cross with one hand and fucking power posing with the other. Uh, also, what a very very long title. He Strong didn't, men who need a hand ministries. He didn't pay for an ad spot on our podcast, but yeah. I guess I guess we're, You're we're endorsing. You're welcome, Strong Men Who Need a Hand Ministries. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about powerless. Yeah, while let's talk about the show. here. Let's let's um, do that. Uh, we watched three episodes of it. Uh, Evan, what is, what is what is the show about? Uh, so we watched episodes four, five, and six. This is so good that this show is 12 episodes, so we can do an even number. Yeah. I I love how short this show is. It's great. Okay. Uh, episode four is titled Emily Dates a Henchman. It's exactly what it sounds like. She meets a guy at a bar. He, uh, ticks all the boxes, figuratively speaking, on the spreadsheet that she keeps in her head for the qualities that she wants in a man. She gives him her number, and then later they find out that he's a henchman for the Riddler. That's obviously not going to work. The, like, joke is that they're trying to tell her throughout the episode, like, no, he's definitely a henchman, and she's like, nah, 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 and the evidence continues mounting, and it's a comedy. And... Van really wants to be the new Robin. He's trying to get revenge on Batman or something like that. It's like a scheme. He wants Batman like had taken out his uh, his one rearview mirror. Oh, with the Batmobile by accident. Teddy and Ron find a batarang stuck in a safe door that they're supposed to repair, and they're like fighting over it. And Van's like, "Ah, oh, this is my perfect opportunity." To get in touch with Batman because we've got his Batarang. We're going to lure him to us and he's going to pick me to be the next Robin. And so Van has um, a rubber Robin suit with nipples made on it. And it's very Schumacher. Yeah, it's it's very, very good. Obviously, that does not pan out. Um, uh, Episode five is entitled Cold Season. And for whatever reason, all of the villains around are like cold themed. They're like Frozone, except they're all villains and they're all cold themed. Teddy has invented these like heat gloves that like melt ice. And Emily tries to convince him to enter them in like an invention contest. But he's been burned by invention contests before and is like really, really bitter about it. And so she enters them into the invention contest without his knowledge and he once again loses and is like about to lose his mind. But um, Crimson Fox uh, gets trapped in ice and he saves her with them. And then she's like, these are amazing. Can I have these to use? Because I'm a superhero. And he's like, of course you can. And that makes him feel special. And so it heals his heart from the, the shame of having lost the invention contest. 
Episode six is titled I'm a friend you Emily and uh, Van's secretary. Well, it was Emily's idea. They take self-defense classes because uh, like Crimson Fox is going. Is she going on vacation or is she getting transferred to a new city? What's her deal? Yeah, she's going to Metropolis. It was a very, like, mm. sports-esque of just, like, I'm taking my talents to South Beach, as LeBron did. She was taking her talents to Metropolis. Mm. Uh, it was cute. It was a fun thing that we're looking at in this universe. Yeah. So, um, basically, Emily sort of forces Van's secretary to hang out with her a lot in the course of, like, taking these self-defense courses. And uh, Van's secretary just cannot stand her. And they have some interpersonal conflict. And then the B plot is that Van is convinced that somebody is using his bathroom without his knowledge. And he's like trying to get them to narc on each other to figure out who's been using his bathroom. Yep. And that's it. That's it. That's yep, yep, yep. That's episodes four, five, and six of Powerless. And we've watched three more. So, you know, I got to ask it. Andy. Yeah, Ronnie. These three episodes, did they work for you? I don't remember anything from episode six, but I loved four and five, so I'm assuming I would have liked six. (laughs) So, yeah. Very good. And Evan. Yes, Ronnie. These three episodes of Powerless, did they work for you? Yeah, I'm still enjoying them. They're still mostly funny and, uh, Fairly entertaining and kind of cute. So, yeah. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Are you going to ask it? Or are you going to ask it? I'll ask it. it. You ask it. Somebody uh, ask it. Uh, are these three episodes working for you? Are these three episodes working for you? Too late. They, You're they, too late. they are. They are. I'll answer you both. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. These, these. So, I'll say these two episodes worked for me. Um, episode six was kind of a dud. I'll talk about that later. Um, but it wasn't like offensive to, to, to make it so that these three didn't work for me. Um, I don't have a very clear recollection of episode six either. So that's probably a strong indicator that it wasn't, could not tell you one thing. There was nothing really going on with six. We'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about episode six, uh, later on. Uh, but first, let's get to uh, what worked for us. But first, let's get to some messages from Money, Money, Money Lunar Light Studio. So, Ray. Hi. You're a fan of movies. Absolutely. As such, can you please tell me just a quick summary of what happens in Top Gun? <laughs> Top Gun, of course. Uh, Top Gun is a fan favorite children's movie. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know why there's a gun in the name, honestly. Uh, it's where, uh, what's his name, Steven Stallone uh, yep. goes and joins the military. And, but instead of focusing on the military aspects of it, the first half of the movie focuses on the recreational aspects, and he joins a volleyball league. Uh-huh. Now, is Top Gun his nickname on the volleyball squad? That's the team name. The team name is the Top Gun. The Top so, like, Gun. the Tallahassee Top Gun, or what city is it, do it, you think? It's, uh, it's just the Tennessee Top Gun. Ten- the state. The okay, state. state. It's a state. All right. Because so, state nationalism. That's right. Now I remember. Thank you for reminding me that 
Top Gun is a film about Steven Stallone portraying a character who joins the Tennessee Top Gun, a nationally ranked volleyball team. He joined the Air Force. All right. Well, cool. I'm Ray. And I'm Joe. Mock Footage is a podcast where we talk about movies, but I don't know anything about them. Isn't that silly? (laughs) (laughs) I think that was it. (laughs) I think that was the one. Mock Footage can be found every week on LunarLightStudio.com. So we're actually, we're still in the ad break right now. Oh, this is the, okay. This is still it. Because it's Spooky Pride Month. Spooky Pride. Spooky Pride uh, means Lunar Light needs you. Uh, we do. We be are hero. We've, we've co-opted another month as Pride Month. It's yes. Just spooky, it's just Spooky Pride Month now. Spooky Pride. Uh, Pride in October. Get Lo- those skeletons out of your closet. <laughs> Lunar Light Studio is hosting a spooky pride pledge drive. Uh, you can come and help us keep our jack-o'-lanterns lit by donating to our Patreon uh, from October 20th to November 2nd. Uh, you can get access to all sorts of special tricks and treats like bonus secret podcasts and a spooky song put together by members of Lunar Light themselves. If you secret podcasts. Oh, Ronnie's got a secret secret, podcast. Secret podcasts. Ronnie has a secret podcast that I don't think he knew was supposed to be secret, so we told you all about it last week. But you can (laughs) you can gain access to it. Um so if you donate at five dollars or higher, um you get access to all of that. Additionally, any existing donors, if you have been a donor to Lunar Light Studio and you've been with us for six months or more, you will receive a Halloween-themed desktop background created by artists on the network featuring some uh, host of podcasts that you might know. Uh, yeah. It might might be these ones. Maybe. Um, please consider donating. Um, your support is what allows us to keep doing this. We always say support the art you love. Um, we are trapped in this capitalistic hellscape, and because of that, we need your money. Yeah, yeah, we, we do. We have no choice but to subsist by purchasing goods and services. So here we are. This mm-hmm. is donating to our Patreon is the only ethical consumption under capitalism <laughs> that you can engage in. All the rest of it is evil and corrupt, but this just goes straight to yes. the queers. Yes, and which if is you good. If you were considering donating and you, you know, have been holding out, this is the perfect time to donate. Our spooky uh, Pride Month will be ending on November 2nd. Guess what else is going to be on November 2nd? It's going to be Ronnie's Fall Cooking Stream wrapping everything up. Yeah! It's going to be a super exciting time where we wind down the spooky season into just the regular general, you know, basic autumn. Christmas. Christmas time, Yeah. Um, and I'll be, I'll be on there basically just testing out recipes for my, uh, celebration. So check that out. Uh, if you donate at the $5 level, you can, uh, you can get access to that live stream. Uh, it'll be tons of fun, tons of great stuff on the network. Lots of stuff you should check out. Uh, it's going to be good time. Do it now before it's too late. 
Yeah, it, it literally can be too late. <laughs> Before like a thief in the night, the Lord returns. Yes. It's very religious, this episode. Yes, yes. Please bring <laughs> no it back around. No one knows the day or hour, so right. donate now. I mean, it's November 2nd, <laughs> probably around 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. But I mean, but, you know, beside that, it's... it's That's uh, where the Lord is returning? Uh, I hope not, because that would oh, interrupt my yeah, fall cooking stream. <laughs> but uh, donate now before it's too late. Donate now. All right, and now we are back, and we are here to talk back, about baby. What? What? So all three of these episodes, they still work for us. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about these episodes worked for us? Alan Tudyk. Alan, Alan Tudyk is great. Amazing. He's very good. Also, I think between the Batarang and the the Robin suit. I said that it was Schumacher-esque. I firmly believe that this is taking place in the Schumacher-Batman universe, <laughs> which is amazing. Like, that Batarang was huge and clunky, and it worked like a boomerang, yeah. which feels very Schumachery. and that Robin suit was very, very, very schumacher I mean, that was their... That's what they were doing. Yeah, you know? they it, were doing it had nipples and everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a hard stance. The Schumacher-Batman films were fun and good and, and homoerotic and if you don't like them it's because you won't let joy into your heart speaking of the you know the connections that we have with the riddler henchman and, and robin and the costume and stuff like that like we talked last time about wanting a little bit more of this universe to like bleed into the office and as i said i don't think we're going to like straight up have batman walk in the front door But, like, having a straight-up Robin costume, having, like, henchmen of the Riddler, like, reacting to Robin, like, Batman was in this episode, kind of, sort of. Um, It it did crack me up that they were like, oh, no, it's Robin. Batman must be nearby, and they ran. They did not run from Robin. It was, if Robin's here, Batman's hiding somewhere. Let's bounce. He is the silver surfer to Batman's Galactus. It it was just like, I feel like we got those touch points. I feel like we were were very much... Robin gets no respect. No, no. So, like, was he... is, Is that, like... I was trying to figure this out. He's trying to be, like, Dick Grayson in there, or... I'm assuming that if... Batman currently needs a new Robin. It's because Jason Todd just died. They did say that two of the last three Robins died. That was like a line in the episode. Uh, I guess they're counting Stephanie Brown then, which is valid. You should count Stephanie Brown. So, uh, but yeah, Tim Drake should currently still be Robin. Tim then. Drake. That's the one I was forgetting. Okay. Who is the best Robin? Uh, he would never say fuck Batman. <laughs> and snap a dude's neck. Um. Yeah, I just felt like they were they were giving us a little bit of what we asked for, a little bit of that. Yeah. Taste oh, for sure, it was like, very good in the world. You know, where we understand the world we're living, even in the following episode where they get like the Superman car that they're supposed to build, and then it's like, no, no, no these these kids all want the the Wonder Woman invisible jet. Can you build that for us? And it's like, like that would be like very much merchandise in this world that would be hugely marked up and all the kids would want it. I wonder if it's the same Wonder Woman who like stabs security guards in the throat with lead pipes. Could be. And then also sells like 
big tittied dolls. Yeah. I don't know. I doubt yeah. it. We don't need to jump back into that. No. Um, <laughs> That's from a previous show we covered is, if you're new is. to Endy Pendy. I, I liked that the uh, Ron Funches was like, oh, did, did you get punched by Green Lantern? Yeah. To the henchman. Like, that was very funny. Yeah. The the one thing I, I love about this show is like it's a concise twenty two minute package, but in every episode, like everyone except for Emily knows the twist from Jump Street. Like it's not like they're trying to figure out if her new boyfriend is a henchman. It's just like we know that this guy's a henchman, right? They literally like, and usually this is a negative, but they hold your hand through everything. It's not like they the show knows what it is. It knows it's not like some higher level thought thing. It's just like. They get to figure things out right away and then they spend time playing in it instead of like trying to get there the entire episode. Yeah, well, the episode shows immediately like the dude leaves the bar where he meets her and goes into a back room, takes off his shirt and he's got a Riddler shirt underneath it. And then he punches a dude who's tied to a chair. And so we, the audience, know immediately that and also the. The episode is titled Emily Dates a Henchman. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not it ain't it's not trying to be highfalutin. It's just trying to it's trying to, you know, give you some comedy out of a silly premise. I always yeah. love when DC stuff and I feel like DC does this more than Marvel, but Marvel does it on occasion where they show you like a day in the life of a henchman. Batman the animated series had a couple episodes that just like followed a henchman around as he like gets bossed around by the Joker and stuff. And like, that always cracks me up. Cause you got to imagine that these guys like maybe work a nine to five or like have a family or something like that. Like they're, they gotta be doing something other than just like following Joker's weird orders or like, mm-hmm. Painting, painting the walls half black and half white for Two-Face or whatever the fuck. Like, maybe they're, uh, maybe they're, they, like, committed some kind of drug offense or, uh, they're, like, you know, undocumented or something and this is their only employment option and they're like, oh, jeez. Yeah, they got busted for some weed back in college and now they can't get a, a steady job, so, mm-hmm. well... Penguins hiring. I guess I'll like wear this weird parka, even though it's the middle of summer, and we'll, I don't know, do some penguin themed crime. It's so much fun. They talk about like, oh yeah, I dated a henchman in college. It's you know, it, it's just a good way to make extra money. One of the best lines in the, that I, I've heard so far on the show is, "It doesn't mean he's a bad guy. It just means he's a bad guy." <laughs> <laughs> It it is fun. It is it is a ton of fun. Unpopular opinion. Do unpopular opinion. Port. I like Emily. That's fine. <laughs> I like. I don't I like, dislike Emily. I don't. Yeah, I don't think she's like a bad character. I just okay. don't find her. I don't find her relatable or in like. I don't she's find not, her she's relatable. Not my, she's I not my thing. I don't find her relatable. I don't find her compelling, but she brings that kind of naivete to this show that like makes it fun and bubbly. Her peppiness is great. Yes. Yes. And, and, and it is, you know, unwavering. It is, you know, she's still strong about stuff. She's not like a pushover. 
um, like some other, you know, you could make this like girl from the Midwest, just a real pushover and also just real ditzy. I don't feel like she's ditzy. I just feel like she's a fish out of water who still can like stand up for herself. And I don't know. I think it works. I think it works in the purview of the show. And also I, I like I like Vanessa Hudgens, like as as a as a person, as an actress. I'm I'm, I'm guilty of that. I don't know that I've ever seen her in anything else, to be honest with you. You've not seen High School Musical? I have not. <gasps> Wasn't she also in Beastly? She was in Beastly, too. That's a weird pool. <laughs> <laughs> I only know about Beastly from uh, Jenny Nicholson. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, Beast, Beastly is a... I saw that in theaters. It's a weird flick. I'd like to point out that I hate Wendy. Uh, Yeah, Wendy's not really doing anything for me. Don't like her. Find her annoying. Who's Wendy? Yeah. The the third like oh, the engineer yeah chick. the third the third she doesn't she pal. there there's like a lot of like chaos in this universe and a lot of like things that just like happen for no reason her like character just doesn't have any motivation for any of the actions that she performs mm. um, I, I I again don't blame the actress it's I think it's just really poor writing to like. And this is the girl character who's, like, quirky and weird. Like, girls aren't supposed to be. And they just, like, go very, very much in on that. And it's like, eh. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think they felt like they just needed three engineer characters. Like, they were like, rule of three. You gotta be three of them. Uh, What's our third one gonna be? Mm -hmm. It's the girl. And, uh... And she, uh... Is angry. Abed's like the oh god, he's not Abed. That's his community character. <laughs> um, Teddy. Teddy. Teddy is like the cool slacker kind of Jake Peralta of the group. Ron is black, and Wendy is a girl. <laughs> yeah, basically. And I'll I'll say it's pretty cool that the the cool slacker for once isn't like a white dude. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's pretty pretty rad. But the fact that Ron and Wendy are just, like, the black funny one and the girl is kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Although I still love Ron. Ron Funches is great. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, he and uh, he and Teddy have a really good, like, back and forth thing. Going. Right. Which makes it even weirder that, like, there's a third person. Like, like yeah. mm-hmm. they, even, they even mentioned in episode six, it's like, the dynamic duo... And you, and it's like, <laughs> you're not supposed to be the audience, like, participant right now. Like, you're not supposed to yeah, be they, saying what we it's, feel. It's like sh- they've realized she doesn't work with the group dynamic, and so now they're lampshading it. Right. And they try to, like, fold her into, like, the girls at one point, a couple times during the episodes, and that just doesn't pan out. Like, there's no, yeah, there's no place for her to fit because they have not written her, like, as a character that, like, should exist in this world. Yeah, uh, when Emily is at the bar and she meets the henchman guy, Jackie and Wendy are there. Jackie sort of makes sense. She and, like, Jackie is more of a character by a significant margin. Yes. And also she and Emily have hung out before. Yeah. Kind of grudgingly, but they've hung out before. But yeah, uh, Wendy's just there for some reason and clearly not having a good time. Like they try to make that a joke, but yeah, I agree with you is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, like 
I don't know if you guys, if y'all have anything specific, but like it's just working in the same way. Like it's just, it's playing in the world. Things are things are happening. We're halfway through, and like you know, I, I feel like there are other big things on the horizon. Like they keep talking about, like oh, maybe we'll get a cool new superhero. Like maybe we get an actual like DC hero up in the mix, and not a made for the show one. But as far as positives go, it's, it's just. What we've said, plus it just works. The formula just is pumping out good episodes. Yeah, like, I, I wish we had more of this in the DC universe. This more kind of light-hearted, self-referential, jokey thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. especially because of the the fourth wall breaking where we, the audience, know that the grim, dark DC cinematic universe is not doing super great. Mm-hmm. So I think this is, if anything, more relevant and more poignant now than it was in early 2017 when it came out. Like, if you enjoy Legends of Tomorrow, when Legends of Tomorrow stopped taking itself seriously after season one, you'd enjoy this show. Like, the show is just cute and fun and upbeat, and it... It knows what it is and isn't trying to be more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I th- it, it, it is very much aware of its DNA and, yep. and, and it, it doesn't, doesn't try and do more than that. It doesn't try and it, I think it sometimes tries to do a little less and we'll get into episode six in a second. <laughs> uh, but maybe that's a good transition. Maybe we can, we could talk about episode six right now. Um, there are I, I want to like go through like some of the the fun things the maybe not fun things some of the positive things about episode six. Um, there is a uh, an awkward lad mention. Y'all remember that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aqua lad is one of the uh, the heroes that they talk about uh, who might come to Charm City after Crimson Fox leaves. Oh. Uh, nice. But, I love but, Aqualad. Well, it's it, Aqualad is shot down as being just a sidekick. Oh, uh, hey. Yeah. I was like, well, come on with the Aqualad. Watch Young dig. Justice. He does have Lad right in his name. Have you ever known a superhero, like a main guy superhero, to have Lad in his name? Maybe a British Cal- superhero. Caldor's great. He deserves respect. Um, be- Right before that. Uh, they're talking about how like no one's gonna come there, and how Van says how they had to beg for a WNBA team, and like check out uh, Friendship Goals, a new podcast that I'm working on where I talk about WNBA a lot. Uh, don't dig on the just much like don't dig on Aqualad. Don't be digging on WNBA. Um, they have a nuanced conversation in this one about like women being the target of harassment by people, and thus like supervillains. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, all the guys are like, ah, who cares? And the women are like, uh, it matters a lot because if there's no hero around to protect everybody, like women are going to get the brunt of it. And I was like, that's like, they don't, they don't take it to where it ought to go. But like, it's, it's a, it's an interesting conversation to have on this comedy. Yeah, it is. It's a very light show. So I understand them not going down that road, you know. Um, it does kick off the whole plot of the episode, which is Emily taking a self-defense class. Um, um, and just there's there's a line where Van is trying to find out. So on paper, this episode is 
a superhero. There's no superhero in the episode because the superhero left town. And so they try and, you know, learn how to fight. And also Van tries to find out who pooped in his toilet. Like on paper, this episode doesn't really like it doesn't have the star power that you like would think. And it also doesn't translate well to the screen either. Um, yeah, there's not a lot going on. No, like it, it just feels like an episode that I've seen a million times before of this person tries to help a friend who doesn't want to be helped. And, oh, no, they get caught trying to help them anyway. And it's a big thing. Um, and also something that is not common where you try and find out who pooped in your toilet. But um, it just Every, Weirdly, I feel like I've seen that episode too, though. Fine, I'm sure you have. Like I'm sure, in an I'm office, sure. in an in some kind of sitcom, there's this definitely is, there's definitely been that plot before, yeah. and this is not bringing anything new to the to the no. who pooped, pooped in, in my, my toilet, toilet conversation. Right. Yeah, this episode is the first one that I just feel like it it didn't need to, like it, it was a script that somebody had laying around from another show and they're like, Ooh, we can add superheroes to it. The superhero and supervillain, the DC nature of it was completely inconsequential. And it's like, you only have 22 minutes to like do something, do something with what you have, like paint with the easel in front of you. Um, it, it just coming yeah. off the high of episode four too of Emily dates a henchman. Yeah. Like, like so good. Cold season barely stood up to it. But, like, it was fine. A but little bit. Like, at least it fit within the framework yeah. of the universe, well, like the invention contest. It, yeah, it was, right, it, was, right, it right. was still fun. It was still good. If, if you uh, take, if I'm you a take friend this, you just couldn't stand up, though. If you, if you take the superheroes out of episode five, there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through to, like, oh, well, why, does, why do these gloves matter? What, what happens here? Like, who, why do they, like, why does da- uh, Teddy ever, like, feel better? In episode six, and I'm a friend you, it's like, Basically, the only thing that happens is, oh, we need to take self-defense because there's no superheroes. And then Jack-O-Lantern throws a, a, a fireball at Jackie's car and she ends up in the hospital. And like that could have been a car accident that didn't have to be superhero related. Yeah. You, and you could just have like needed a self-defense class because something else like it. it if you take the superheroes out of the episode, then it's seamless. And that's not what I want. I don't want that to be dependent on the superheroes, but I want you to play in this world that you've built. There is there is a, a funny line where Ron uh, is being confronted by Van, um, where he tells him that Teddy uh, ratted him out about the po- uh, poop in the toilet. And he says, uh, Teddy sold you out faster than a Mumford and Sons concert in the whitest part of Portland. And Ron responds, you can just say Portland. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, pretty that's, solid. Um, it was yeah, good. that's it was a, good that's a, bit. that's a call. That's a self burn is what yeah. that is because, yeah. oh boy, am I a, a white boy who loves Mumford and Sons? Mm. <laughs> um. So yeah, I just uh, the episode just fell flat. It was it was just it it was a nothing. It was it was super nothing, except that it established that like Jackie and Emily are gonna have like a better relationship moving forward now, which like you didn't really need a whole episode to to do that you could have just done it i would have accepted it there's there's lots of weird again super weird dynamics between like van and wendy here because wendy is just a real wild card and not in a fun way but other than that like i don't know what do you what do y'all have for for what didn't work 
this is just rehashing what I already said, but I totally zoned out through episode six. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a lot of complaints besides that, to be honest. I think we're very much in agreement about, like, what worked about these episodes and what didn't. Mm-hmm. The show is very charming, and I like it. it. It is. I like this kind of surrealist tone, and I like that in general in shows that do that successfully. One of my favorite parts, I th- and, and I guess we're just, <laughs> we've just, we've created a, a sandwich of, of positives with, with a little bit yeah, of, I mean, of negative meat in the middle. I can't, there's nothing, there's nothing outright offensive about these episodes to like nah, nah. bitch about, you know, which well, is kind of a refreshing change, actually. Two, two strong episodes and one that was so boring and bland, there's nothing to really criticize about it other than that it was right. boring. right. One of the things that is like an overarching thing that I love most about this show is like, we don't know what Gotham looks like in this world. All we have is like the, the you know, the universe that we see in, in films in either the Nolan verse or the or the uh, Snyder verse uh, kind of, you know, grimdark. Um, but or Van the is, Tim Burton verse or the Tim Burton verse, which is also, you know, a sight to behold. Basically, <laughs> That's really something that was an era. Right. Basically, outside of um, 70s Batman, like Adam West Batman, Gotham has always just been like such a shithole with like sky uh, skyscrapers and like a rich portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love how like in this world, Charm City looks really like we've talked before, like really like um, Kirby, very like uh, colorful, bright. And Van is constantly talking how he's like, I got to get out of this place so I can get to Gotham where it's really nice. This place is terrible. No one would come to a slum like this. And it's like, I I just love the the headcanon that I have that like Van is going to show up to Gotham and be like, oh, no, this is where I wanted to be. I like this idea of like Van has never actually been to Gotham. There's toxic waste everywhere. No one should want to live in Gotham. Nobody. Batman and Spider-Man have, like, the two meanest, nastiest rogues gallery out of any comic book. Like, why would you want to live in Gotham? It's terrible. It is a common thing. that like, why anyone lives in Gotham unless you're, like, super poor and it's, like, Detroit and you can't leave? Why, like, the rich people remain in Gotham is beyond me. Why there are, like giant, giant high rises and, and, and wealthy penthouses and stuff like that. And I don't I don't get it. Come over to Charm City. Apparently they've got a river. That's in some of their B-roll. <laughs> um, it's the harbor. It's, it's the inner harbor. It's the Charm City inner harbor. It definitely is. Don't take this from me. So now we have watched six episodes and we'll just go around the horn real quick. Evan, these six episodes work for you? Yes, they did, Ronnie. Andy. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, is this show working for you so far? Yep, yep, yep. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. What, uh, what'd you think about these six episodes of Powerless? They're working. Yeah. They're working for me. I'm looking forward to what's on the horizon. I've, like, sneaked a peek at some of the things that are coming up accidentally because IMDb does that sometimes. The, um, the next episode is entitled Van V. Emily colon Dawn of Justice. It's very I'm into good. It. Yeah, it's, it's very good. It's very, it's very self-aware. I'm into yeah. it. Um, so yep, we'll be back next week covering more of this good, good show. Remember, it's a great time to follow along with us. Check out that get on 
and uh, and then uh, stream this show. Also, didn't pay us, but thanks for giving us this show for free. That's the thing I'm working on. We probably shouldn't say anymore because I'm not saying again until they put some some Mooney in my pocket. And speaking of money in the pocket, donate to the the, the thing, the Spooky Drive. Yes, yes, Spook, of course. Spooky Queers. As I talked about, that's kicking off October 20th. Um, so be sure to check out patreon.com slash LunarLightHQ. Big things happening there. If you donate over $50, I will personally drive to your house and fist fight you until we shout our mother's names at each other. Ooh. <laughs> that's the gift that keeps on giving. That's a promise. Are, are you sure? Are you yeah, sure? If that's... you donate over $50, I will drive to your house and I will fist fight you until we shout each other's mother's names. <laughs> you understand that's a thing that may happen, right? What if somebody in California 50 bucks. gives us $50? <laughs> $50. Bucks. Should it's I be gotta making, be recurring. Should I be making this more unrealistic? Yes. I don't know how realistic 50... I'm very poor. I could really use $50. Got a crypt Do spear it. made of kryptonite? Yeah. Martha! <laughs> Martha! What a flick. What a why'd flick. You, why'd you say that name? <laughs> That's my mommy's name. That's his mother's name. Martha! Andy's oh. scaring the cat. The cat's very scared. No, the, the cat should have sat through the entirety of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Then it would know why'd what fear you, really is. Why'd you say my mommy's name? Oh, goodness gracious, that movie. Um, it's very bad. It's very bad. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, give, us, give us money. Give us money. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at PendingPod. Follow us on Facebook, at PendingPod. Follow us on Instagram, at EndingPending. Send us an email, PendingPod at gmail.com. As we said, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash LunarLightHQ. And as always, check out more delicious podcasts uh, like Good Boys Girls, like advertising, like come radical, all at lunarlightstudio.com. And remember, as the seventh seal is broken and the final trumpet sounds, don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. This is so religious. This is such a, such a <laughs> biblical episode. It is. I've been listening to a lot of Apocrypals. Yeah. Oh, you got that last one, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That last one was a good one. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty. Witty and gay.